This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there completely free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. We give ours away. So do enjoy over at freetalklive.com. Uh, just got back from the local police day, the cop day. What do they call it? The uh, Target Night Out or something like that. Something uh, like that. Sam was uh, was out there with me today. Whoa! Wrong <laughs> volume <laughs> control. Sorry. Sam just blasted me out there. Uh, so yeah, so just got back from that. I did some p- police hugging as I usually do. <laughs> uh, and I how'd you do? Not so well. Not so well. <laughs> Gee, I wonder it's why. A, it's a tough crowd. <laughs> They're probably upset about their houses getting staked out by candlelight vigils. That's not a true statement. Uh, their houses have not been staked out by candlelight vigils. Only I think one, they feel that way, right? Only one officer has only been one. staked out by a candlelight vigil. And I don't know if staked out is the right uh, the right term, but uh, the, well, the police prosecutor is the one, one of the police prosecutors is the one who has... Uh, had to endure that, and it's actually been quite a long time since he has. Though there's still some, certainly still some hard feelings among many of his uh, his brethren in the thin blue line. Yeah. Now, and Ian, you didn't go on the uh, tour through the police department, but I did with a couple of the other local activists. And uh, I'd been back there before. Yeah. Well, we went through different areas through the roll call room. We went through the criminal uh, investigation uh, cubicle farm back there, mm-hmm. so we got to see their desks and so forth. And uh, we went into the one interview room where they talk about how uh, everything automatically records. And in the next room, they have a TV on the wall where the, you know, up to six or eight people can sit and watch. And when they do multi-jurisdictional stuff, he said, oh, we'll get sheriffs in here and police and attorneys. So while the person on the other side of the room is being questioned without an attorney, the police are sitting there having a meeting in real time, getting legal advice on how to, you know, really Mm -hmm. stick it to this person. Uh, <clears throat> Michelle Seven also noticed at the end of the the main hallway in the police station, they have all these flags and this painting. And in this painting, they have a police officer standing there, you know, looking proud. And behind him is a white knight with the shield and and uh, the spear and the big plus sign on his shoulder. So she she pointed out. You know, they, they think they're white knights. They think they're the good guys coming in here to save the day. Well, I would hope that that's what they think. I mean, I would hope that that was the way that they act. I mean, that's what I want from my police officers. I just don't feel like I get it. Yeah. Well, a lot. It was funny. Uh, one of the officers that I was having Sometimes I feel that way. a conversation with, not at this particular event, but at, uh, when they were out kind of raining on our parade at the, the local nightcap for when they came out basically for four days to stand around the nightcap and chat with one another and chat with uh, the people that were out there. They've since left us alone, which has been great. There ha- haven't been any cops that have shown up there for uh, for like a, over a week and a half at this point. And thank you, uh, KPD, for leaving us alone yeah. uh, again. But uh, but as I was conversing with one of them, he actually echoed one of my sentiments that I'd mentioned before in um, a conversation with another cop. I hadn't talked to this one about it, but he uh, he threw out there that he felt like that we were the uh, the sheepdog and the uh, the wolf <laughs> from the old Looney Tunes cartoons, where you had uh, the sheepdog character and then a wily coyote. Uh, you mentioned that on air. Yeah, that would you know they chase clock each other around. They clock yep. in and out. And when they clock out, they go and they you know have a drink together or something like that. And and I said, you know, it's funny. I said, I said to him, that's funny. I've thought the exact same thing. I guess the only question is, 
who's the sheepdog and who's the wolf? And he didn't, he didn't have an answer for it. You know, it was something to think about, right? I just kind of left it hanging there. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah. So, we, you know, we didn't stir up any trouble or anything like that. Just had some, some hamburgers and No, you know, the dogs. thing, though, what they do at this, at this event is they'll have uh, live electroshock torture demonstrations where they taser somebody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, when they— Who do they taser? The, the jail guards. They cha- they so this is like a hazing operation well, for when they move up to so they it's a little different from when they tase somebody in jail and that's what I like to point out to people uh, here they have a nice one of those mats that you had in PE class yeah. the padded blue mats down when you fall around it. them yeah. so yeah they also have uh, safety glasses for the officer for everyone involved that that might have these uh, metal darts flying at them at a high rate of speed. And uh, they have the guy turn around, and then they hold his arms. So don't the darts puncture the skin? Yeah, yeah, okay. they do. Mm-hmm. I'm just making sure that uh, these 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 people are getting their skin punctured. All right. So they then the the another officer standing back will shoot him in the back, and then the the two people holding their arms will sort of gently set him down on the ground as they're wincing in pain or whatever. Uh, but when when somebody's in jail and they go into the jail cell and they shoot them with a taser, there's no mat. It's hard concrete. There's sure. no safety glasses. And, you know, if these people are playing themselves off as, well, we're heroes because we're here say, keeping society safe. We're going to put our butts on the line in order to keep you safe. But yet the taser is a device that flies in the face of that argument because they're removing any risk from themselves. All they have to do is stick this gun in the door and pull the trigger and then hope the guy doesn't get hurt. There wasn't a lot of risk before that, okay? I mean, <laughs> having seen extractions in, in prison, when they go in, they go in with sticks and shields right. and, and helmets and, and things like that. So there's there's three guys that look like they were pulled off the college uh, linebacker squad. And they and actually, they were. Um, usually, <laughs> there's a high number of injured knees from college linebackers that are, uh, you know, pe- guys with injured knees that ended up being prison guards. Mm-hmm. So you re- literally have 300-pound men with helmets, sticks, and and shields, sometimes those electroshocks uh, shields, going in and, and beating the crap out of a, a convict, I'd rather get hit by the, 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 the taser. taser um, I don't you know. know. Honestly. I mean, they, but it, people do have heart attacks from them. That's what I was thinking exactly. when Ian was talking about it, is I, I wouldn't take it. If I was one of these prison guards, no. Thank you very much. I will not be shocked today. Because um, you don't know if you're going to survive the experience. Yeah. You might be the one in 1,000 or however many what the odds are that, that has some sort of condition. Dies. And then the other thing they do is the uh, the dog attack demonstration. Mm. So they get the police dog out, and they get one of the other uh, policemen there with a big pad on his arm to uh, sort of run off. And they they let the dog loose, and the dog runs up and bites his arm, and arr, 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 and they're you know whipping the arm around, and all the kids are laughing, ha ha ha, that's funny, ha ha ha. Mm. Except those kids are are being desensitized to that dog. They're being trained that look, when you get older, we'll turn this dog loose on you. And you won't have a pad on your arm. I'll tell you, when the dog comes out, you do you do whatever the police officer says. I, because <laughs> because they, you've been trained since you were a little kid. You can't these, do anything else. Socialist that dog is going to hurt events. you. And it's, uh, I've never been to one of these events. And I, then I have no got, idea, but I can tell you what it's like. <laughs> well, to top it off, they have kids in there getting fingerprinted. And, you yeah, know, that's crazy how old stuff. are you? What's your dentist? And, you know, mm-hmm. all these questions. The only difference is if you don't want to answer them, they don't drag you off to a cage. Yeah, when uh, I I can't see, I don't know why it is that why do you want to give your fingerprints to the police when you're kid? kidnapped or yeah, they need to ID right you right? But why would they? I mean, at the point that they're IDing you like a child that you would bring to them, you've just got a cadaver. 
Okay. No, 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 no. Not if there's a crime scene, they lift a fingerprint, and they find out your kid was there. Right. What do you you want that for? So they can figure out where your kid is. If your kid's been kidnapped or something, they know that he was maybe in this hotel room with this person that was suspected of taking him. So, I mean, there there are some good uses for it, and there's some valid reasons. But they keep those fingerprints, man. Yeah, my point is... This is not really something that I would consider a trustworthy organization that I would want to hand that kind of data over on my children. I think to the these claim people. is that they don't keep it. Now, whether that's true or not is Who another knows? question. I mean, you can't believe the government anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't believe them. If they say that they're not keeping those fingerprints that they take of uh, I, I believe these that's events, the claim. I just don't I believe not, it for a second. I did not I mean, ask them. The, I, every time I've heard of any policing organization, they are hungry for biometric data yep. mm-hmm. every time you ever talk to them i mean uh, they they're, they're taking dna samples from every convict now um they're taking they've got their uh their their fingerprint data they, they take the fingerprint data of people who have been arrested for things anytime they can get your fingerprint data they keep it yeah they got mine last time i went it was actually my third time i'd been arrested but my first time i was fingerprinted really yeah because the first time i was arrested was in the courtroom and they took me straight to jail and they didn't fingerprint me there. Uh, I think it they, was broken, they the did, machine. Uh, they did <laughs> photograph me at the jail. And then the second time I was arrested was at the jail, and they took me directly into the jail, processed me, and then let me go. And so they didn't take my fingerprints there. When I say processed, they just wrote out a ticket. And so it was actually the third time that I was arrested when I was standing in front of the cop car that they actually took me down. And when they were doing the fingerprinting, I noticed that they had me categorized as a juvenile. And I, I pointed it out to them. I had to like make sure they were doing their job right because they were screwing up at their own their own machine. Nice. Like they, they didn't even have me in the right category. I don't know what would have happened had I let that go on. Well, they classified me as a uh, black man with scars and tattoos <laughs> and all kinds of things because I was John Doe. There's more coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves just by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us again at freetalklive.com and on the phones at 800-259-9231. Oh, by the way, Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. You want to get collections done, get it out of your hands and put it in the hands of people that know what the heck they're doing, people that are going to treat your clients with respect, SACL CAI is the place to go. You can go through our banner, or their banner rather, right at the top of our banner column on the, uh, the website at freetalklive.com. Dot com Again, that's SACL, C-A-I. So you can dial in, bring up whatever it is that's on your mind. Uh, Mark, did you have some other police-related story that uh, that you wanted to share, or should we talk about a gypsy cab? Let's talk about the gypsy cab. All right, so here's a story out of uh, wig.com, W-H-I-G.com, uh, a story from Quincy. I presume that means Quincy, Illinois. Quincy resident Jonathan Schoenacase. Schoenacase? Shonakas? 
was uh, ticketed early Saturday morning for not having a taxi or limousine license, his second such citation this year. Shonikas operates a courtesy ride service and has made efforts to obtain a limo license from the city, but Chief Rob Copley has withheld recommending that he get such a license. Shonikas says he offers free rides to patrons from bars in Quincy at all hours of the day and the night to keep them from drinking and driving, and he doesn't charge a fee for his service. So you've got a man who has uh, he he's he cares enough about the so, average drunk. Is this somebody that's older, retired? Does it say anything like that? Let's see. Does it give? Him I mean, it sounds age. like somebody in their old age who's decided, yeah, to donate their time and and help out the community. It is not made clear uh, what the age of he Mr. May, in this economy he may very well just be unemployed Could and. Be, uh, yeah. You know, if he's if he's offering this service and then taking tips, doesn't yeah. bother me. Mm-mm. Right. So you've got a guy here who is so uh, he's so concerned about drinking and driving that he has decided he's going to offer essentially a free shuttle service for somebody who's had too much to drink. Hey, you know, put the cards out in the, the local bars. Let people know. Spread the word. If you're too S-faced, uh, you know, if you're S-faced and uh, you shouldn't be driving, then call this guy up and he'll come out and give you a ride home. I mean, that's a pretty cool idea. It's a pretty nice service. And, yeah, I'm sure he makes a little bit of money on tips, as he should. It's it's not free to give somebody a ride. It's going to cost him uh, the wear and tear on his car and the gasoline. As far and- as I'm concerned, uh, people should be able to, to, to you know paint the side of their car with the white letters taxi and, uh, and charge a per-mileage rate if that's what they want to do. I agree I think completely. the marketplace should decide um, how many people, how many taxi cabs uh, a, a given metro can support, not the police chief um, any more than they should decide how many restaurants there should be or how many grocery stores there are. I'll tell you how many restaurants and grocery stores there should be as many as it can make a profit. He's admitted to taking tips from customers and continue offering the courtesy rides despite being arrested in March by undercover Quincy police department officers for not having a limo license. That's right. They actually did a sting operation to bust the free rides, courtesy ride, gypsy cab operator. Nice. They they put police resources, what is supposedly limited, expensive police resources, into busting this guy. And then he has the cojones. This guy's a real hero, as far as I'm concerned, to get back out there and keep doing what he thinks is important. That's it's the hallmark of a a real strong activist, in my opinion. Even if this guy doesn't consider himself an activist, I mean, he is. What he's doing is is incredible, and I think it should be. Uh, I, I think gypsy cabs should be emulated. It's, it seems like a really good opportunity for uh, agorism, as it is called, that is essentially doing business without asking the government's permission first. Just going out there and offering your product or service and not worrying about licensing and regulations and stuff like that. It's not to say that you're doing things un- in an unsafe manner. It's just to simply say that you're not jumping through their hoops and you're not bowing down and kissing their ring in order to get their uh, their seal of approval. Right. Who, who are they? Really? I mean, Men is, with guns. Is, do you believe that the government makes somehow makes taxi cabs safe and fair? Is that what the suggestion here is? That is the because suggestion. Because the, the idea here behind, as I understand it, is that taxi cabs will rip people off. And I know that that has been true in the past. And I'm sure that it continues to be true, even with the government licensing scenario. However, what you've got with this guy and so many people that attempt to compete in this marketplace is they'll just run a free cab service and take the tips. Why? Because most people are grateful for the service and they will pay for it. 
Yeah, I remember that we had a similar story to this one uh, down in Florida, the Miami area. There was another situation where somebody was busted by an undercover op, uh, police officer, and this guy wasn't even giving uh, regular rides to people. He was at a grocery store, and a young lady asked him for a ride home. And he gave her a ride home, and then she tried to give him five bucks afterwards, and he tried to refuse it, but she insisted that he take it. He took it, and then they arrested him. Yep, I remember that story. It was like an old guy in his 70s. So (laughs) this isn't an unusual story. And to give you an idea of what the marketplace might look like without this kind of nonsense going on in in Brazil when I was down there— uh, we went to the favelas. I had, you know, my own driver and car and everything. But as we drove in, these, this is huge. There are probably, I think it was over a quarter million people that live in this one uh, ghetto or slum, basically, uh, outside of Rio de Janeiro. And they have motorcycle uh, guys at the bottom, and you pay them one he ice, which at the time was about 60 cents, now it's a dollar or so. And they will take you up on the back of their bike Anywhere you want to go up into the wherever you live to get there. Uh, then they also had regular cabs, which were pretty comparable to the rates and stuff that you would pay for cabs here. But they also had these, I think they called them gypsy cabs or something like that. Jitney is that another term cabs. they often use. Yeah, that's what it was. And uh, it was it was a white van and they would only show up like every 30 minutes. Somehow some of the locals I was with knew the stops and when yeah. they would come. And you pay like two bucks and they'll take you from Copacabana, you know, all the way down across the town. This is like New York on the beach. So mm-hmm. it's a big city. New York would cost you 60 bucks in a cab at least. Yeah, right? to go from like Queens down to lower Manhattan well, Island. It these aren't $2. exactly cabs. They're more like uh, they're more like undirected buses. I mean, you know, somebody decides that they're going to run their own, uh, you know, they've got a, they, I've got a van. <laughs> I'll run a bus route. But it, I mean, it worked. There were it works. people in them. It was safe. What's the problem? This is with how this? the third world gets around people. Yeah. So according to uh, the story here at wig.com, uh, the again, the guy was arrested earlier this year for offering the courtesy rides. Copley previously said that this is the police chief uh, previously said the arrest stemmed from complaints made by citizens about show and costs offering the free rides. Ah, the old complaint excuse. Ah, oh, see, we would have left you alone, but uh, some uh, local busybody called us to complain, so now we got to arrest you. Right. If it wasn't for Sally down in the licensing department calling in this complaint, we could have mm-hmm. left you alone. Right, or yeah, if it wasn't, it's either somebody in the licensing department or somebody who runs a cab. These are yeah. citizens. Yes. These are competition and bureaucrats. I mean, they're all citizens, just like we're all yep. slaves of the government, but... This, this is a disingenuous way to present it. The suggestion here is is that, uh, you know, your next door neighbor, little Miss Nelson, has been watching out and seeing, right. oh, my goodness <laughs> gracious, there's a jitney cab reparating in, oh, right. in beautiful Plainfield, Illinois. I can't believe it. No, they're not. <laughs> it's disgusting that you even address me in such a manner to, to suggest that I am yeah. so stupid as to believe that story. That's why you should always, if you ever get one of these complaints addressed toward you for some of your activism, take it to court and call whoever the complaining party is as a witness. Throw out the rat on the stand. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Juicy Juice, 100% juice, providing a full serving of fruit in every four ounces. Visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to nutrition, kids need both fruits and vegetables every day to stay healthy and grow. For the ideal mix, your kid should have at least one and a half cups of any veggie or 100% veggie juice and one cup of any fruit or 100% fruit juice a day. 
For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash your family today. Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. And uh, you can also visit us online at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, broadband, and dial up flavors. Our webcam and listen lines that allow you to listen around the clock via any phone that can dial long distance. It's uh, all there for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Mark, tell me about the jurisdictionary. Have you ever considered uh, taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers who want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be done by their lawyer. It works for plaintiffs and defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney. And it's so easy. An average eighth grader can go through the complete four CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at jurisdictionary.com. All right. So we're going to continue here. We're going to get right into your phone calls. I just want to make sure we finish the story uh, about the man in Quincy, I believe, Illinois, who's been arrested now twice, cited for essentially for giving people rides home from the bar who are too drunk to drive. Apparently, that's a crime. See, you're not allowed to give someone a ride home unless you have applied to the government's taxi cab service and begged for permission and given them money. Oh, you can do it. You just can't take any money at all. And jump through hoops in order to uh, get your taxi license. This guy wasn't charging for the rides. Not that I would have a problem, as you pointed out, Mark. Uh, it doesn't matter to me how you're giving people rides home or what the deal is uh, or if there's money transferring. I don't care. It's you and the driver, and it's your business, not mine. But the government likes to make everyone's business their business because anytime money is changing hands without them getting a cut, they get a little jealous. Yeah, they feel they feel like they own everything. And if you're changing money in, on their plot of land and they own it all, then, well, they, they deserve a piece. And of course, the police's claim is the same old claim that, well, someone made a complaint, a citizen filed a complaint, and so therefore we had to investigate and had to make an arrest. Indeed, local cab and shuttle service owners have objected to uh, Mr. Schoenkos giving free rides, saying his unlicensed business has cut into their legitimate businesses. Now, of course, the word legitimate has at its root uh, legal. So legitimate doesn't mean that they're somehow a better business than him. It just means that they're legal, that they've jumped through the hoops. Mm-hmm. They've, they've gone through the abuse of the licensing system, and they're jealous because this man would dare, that he would dare to go out and offer a service to the community, especially one as valuable as this, without begging for permission like they did. So it's the old slave-on-slave slave, uh, mentality. Exactly. Oh, we went through this abuse, so you should too. This isn't fair. You need to abuse that slave master. So that's what it's all about. His latest citations came at one uh, fifty in the morning on Saturday, according to Quincy Police Lieutenant Jason Simmons. He said Schoenkos picked up a plainclothes QPD officer at a downtown Quincy nightclub before he was stopped at 48th and Harrison. He was released on a notice to appear in court after receiving the ticket. Simmons said the sting operation was planned because of continuing complaints from... Owners and operators of the local cab and shuttle businesses. Schoenkoss, along with North End bar owner Ted Wernhorner and insurance agent Bob Novolio, formed a nonprofit Drivers Against Drinking and Driving Courtesy Rides. Copley declined to recommend approval to the city council in June for unspecified reasons. So apparently the police chief 
uh, when if they're even though they're trying to go through this process, the police chief, even though they've jumped through the hoops, even though they've applied, they formed uh, a you know essentially a nonprofit organization to do this, giving people rides home thing. Uh, the police chief can just simply say, "I've decided to deny you, and I don't have to say why." <laughs> As though it weren't incredibly obvious, right? I mean, you've got these uh, people that are already licensed, that we know they've been uh, issuing complaints against this guy, and uh, clearly they are the ones with the political influence here. So it seems pretty obvious to me that the old police chief is doing his buddies in the taxicab industry a favor oh, and protecting no, them. Oh, no, no. This is the legitimate way to do business, Ian. The, the legitimate <laughs> way to, to beg for permission, and then even after you've begged, to have it denied? It's just such a scam. The whole thing. Showing costs, uh, according to court records, is awaiting a jury trial in October. Good for him. He did not take a plea bargain. Uh, without a license, he pleaded not guilty, and the case was supposed to be on the August jury docket, but it was bumped back two months after a pretrial hearing last Thursday. Court records show he was also charged with leaving the scene of an accident in March. He also pleaded not guilty to that charge and has a jury scheduled uh, jury trial scheduled in October. Quincy's limousine ordinances state no one should operate a limousine in the city, quote, unless such a person shall have secured a taxicab driver's license. The city will also not issue a taxicab license to anyone who has more than two traffic tickets or violation of the taxicab ordinance. Schoenkos currently has one traffic conviction in the last year in addition to the pending charges. So, you know, I worked at a taxicab company and I don't know about, uh, you know, these guys, these guys driving abilities or anything like that. But there are some rough, rough looking customers, right? <laughs> driving these ta- cabs around. So I don't know. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up whatever you want. Jeff is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Hello, Jeff. Hey, gentlemen. How are you tonight? What's, what's on your mind tonight, Jeff? Well, actually, I called in to uh, tell you about a very positive experience I actually had with the uh, New Hampshire State Police. Excellent. Okay, tell great. us about it. Well, it was actually just a little while ago. I had pulled over to the roadside to continue a conversation. I'm on my cell phone on the road right now. And a uh, very courteous New Hampshire State Trooper pulled up behind me to uh, make sure that everything was okay. And I figured that, you know, a lot of times you hear about the uh, the misdeeds of the uh, gang in blue. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it, it, it's not always balanced. I think that sometimes the guys and women who work for the police department really do go out of their way to provide a valuable service. And in this case, there was nothing wrong I didn't need any help, but if I had needed that help, the officer made himself available and stopped to inquire to find out if I did. And I just thought that that was kind of noteworthy on his part and uh, kind of bored sharing with everybody else. Now, well, I would like ask- to... I'd like to point out that if you, you know, say had a uh, something on the sitting on the passenger seat that might have been yours, but maybe was some item that they didn't consider legal or something like that, that he would have then not been so helpful. Oh, I, you know what, actually, Mark, I absolutely agree, um, and I'm I'm not so delusional to think that as he got out of his vehicle, he didn't check to make sure that my required slave registration tag for my vehicle that is really owned by the state was in place. Now, did, did he ask you for ID? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. He so did, He didn't ask for ID. He did not ask for my proof of insurance, my registration, and he actually did not even bother to look at my uh, state safety inspection sticker, which is kind of funny because they really don't ensure safety with those things, nope. as you guys have already discussed on a couple of occasions. Um, 
but yeah, it was actually for the most part a pretty positive experience. Yeah, and, uh, I had I had something similar happen to me. Uh, the car broke down on the side of the road. I had called uh, AAA, had a wrecker on the way, and a New Hampshire state trooper pulled up. And, you know, I just explained, hey, everything's good. Got a wrecker coming. We're in good shape. And he asked me for an ID. Oh, boy. And that's where I said, whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold on. And we're outside of the car at this point, talking at the back of it. And uh, I said, you know, I, I, I appreciate what you're doing. I'm not trying to disrespect you, but I know that you're not trying to help me by asking that question. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to decline. What did and he do? He said, uh, uh, he, he looked a little stunned at first. <laughs> he kind of took one of them. He kind of took a step back and he said, uh, all right, all right, that's fine. You have a nice day. And that, that was it. It was a great yeah. experience. So that's two stories like that. I had one yep. where I had pulled down uh, the side of a road as I went to go and, and pick Julia up from a car accident that she had gotten into. And I was driving with a private plate on the back of the car. And yep. Uh, after I left the scene, we'd left the scene to go back to to my car, and I made the decision to stay there and wait while they cleared out the the road a little bit before we went because I didn't want to drive past them with the private plate on, which I actually should have done because odds are good they would have been more distracted at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, by waiting there, the officer who had given us, you know, had held up traffic to make sure we could get across the street it was very, <laughs> very, you know, very nice about all that. He had come back to check on us to make sure that we were okay, and as he passed the car, he puts his lights on, turns around and then tickets me for uh what the hell is that that? yellow and black (laughs) thanks for the story tonight uh, jeff appreciate hearing from you so sometimes when their intention is to be nice they do indeed find something to go after you for They'll come after you. Oh, and that trial hasn't happened yet. I, w- I was ticketed back in February. It's going to happen on September 29th, and uh, they've Maybe. got no case. So it should be fun, because the car did have registration. When he asked for it, I told him it was private and wouldn't give it to him, so that's why he wrote me up. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of the uh, purchase price, we will get I think something like seven to eight percent, all depending on how much volume we do each month. And uh, it's all uh, up to you. You go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You pick the product that you want, and there are dozens of categories. Go used if you want to save a few extra bucks. Buy uh, buy an e version of the books if you uh, if you want to. Of course, they do more than books. There's office products. There's clothing. I mean, you name it. Uh, baby stuff. They sell it at Amazon. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and the link has been fixed. Uh, so some people have been having trouble getting that link to work correctly. It it now should work and take you to the United States version of the Amazon site 
uh, from anywhere you are around the world. If you are in Canada and you want to go to the Canadian site, just go to amazonca.freetalklive.com. If you're a UK listener, you can just add the UK in there, amazonuk.freetalklive.com. Or Germany, do amazonde.freetalklive.com. All the rest of you, amazon.freetalklive.com. And thank you so much in advance, 800-259-9231. So, um, you know, just to go back real quick to the taxi cab conversation, uh, we had the story out of, I believe, Quincy, Illinois, where a man, a heroic man, has been arrested now twice for uh, basically giving someone a ride who was too drunk to drive. So it's, it was his intention to help save people on the roads. He's probably saved some lives by doing this, uh, providing this service. Uh, he passes out cards and things like that at local bars, gets the word out about his service, a courtesy ride service. You call him up. He'll come anytime, day or night, and he'll come and give you a ride home. And then if you want to tip him, he will, ex- he will certainly accept your tips. And after he was arrested the first time for this, he and some others tried to go and set up a non-for-profit uh, corporation so they could operate a uh, you know cab company, basically, in the legal realm. Jump through all the hoops. Right. So they tried to do that, and the police chief denied it and would not specify the reasons as to why he was denying it. Now, you could say that, well, the city code says that on uh, if, if he's got a, two arrests or if he's got a violation of the existing taxi cab ordinance and he can't get his, uh, his, his license. I wonder if that's what triggered the second arrest. He's like, you know, I, I, uh, I, I can deny this and sort of put it off for so long until we can get that second arrest. And mm. then we can say, aha, yep. you don't criminal. qualify, criminal. Right. We don't let criminals start <laughs> their own businesses. We, we would never consider allowing a convicted criminal to start his own business and make a better life for himself. No, you're a convicted criminal, son, so you're going to have to just spend the rest of your life living living in absolute squalor and, and, and hell. And where are the police's priorities here? The, the arrest time when they did the sting was at 150. 1.50 in the morning. Yeah. The most dangerous time when typically the bars are getting out mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you've got all the drunk drivers on the road. He's probably out for most of the night. Take, I mean, I think it said 24 hours a day. Or, uh, yeah. He's out there most of the time. They could have done this at any time, but you know, rather than trying to stop drunks that are out on the road in the you know most likely time that they're out, right? Stop the man without the permission slip. Yeah, great job. So this goes on around the country. There are these things called gypsy cabs, jitney cabs that are operators, and some of them aren't like this guy where they're just doing it to keep drunks off the road. They're doing it to make a profit. And I think that's fine, too, because in many cases, in a lot of areas like New York City... As far as I'm concerned, the best services in the world are offered by people who want to make a profit, because yes. they're able to continue offering them. Sure. You know, there, there may be things out there, there may be organizations out there that do it more efficiently by not offering a profit, but... That's not how I view. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I don't tend to believe offering that. Offering a profit, but uh, by you know trying to make a profit. If you're making profit, you can reinvest uh, back into your your business and pay employees and expand and and all of that. The reason that the standard of living has gone up since you know a hundred years ago. The reason that we're not all using outhouses still and and these kind of things is because of people who are trying to make profits. People who made profits on toilet bowls and and automobiles and and everything else out there. Right. So uh, so this guy is, you know, doing something I think is heroic. And there are people in, in cities all over the place that are doing these things that, for instance, in New York City, it's my understanding the taxi cab medallion may be around four hundred thousand dollars now. It used to be a hundred thousand and it's just gone up and up. And you can't get one if there aren't any available. There's a limited amount. So it's not like if you had $400,000, you could just waltz into the uh, the taxi authority and get yourself a medallion. No, no. Somebody else has to give one up that already exists. And they 
could, I believe they can sell and transfer them, but uh, it's a very limited amount. The whole thing. In is this case, a, the, the police chief just decides when he wants to give stuff to people. And so. that just kills innovation. I mean, sure without does. without this sort of medallion system, you'd probably have hundreds of different companies competing. And within that, you'd have cabs that are very nice, that are known for, you know, having leather seats in the back. They keep them very clean. They keep air fresheners in them. You would have cabs that wouldn't, that you know, those are, are obviously going to cost a little more. Sure. But then you would have the other extreme where, you know, they don't clean their cab. It's a cheap ride and, and everything in between. And who knows what kind of innovations the taxi cab industry is missing out on because of this kind of nonsense. Because the competition is limited by the system. And that's what the system is there for. For those of you that are new to the show and new to the ideas of uh, of liberty, you may be balking at this conversation. You may be thinking, but, but, but the, but the regulations ridiculous. are there to protect people. The regulations are there to keep you safe. And it's absolute nonsense. Especially in the area of taxi cabs. But- the regulations are there to keep the business owners who've been in the business for a long time protected from new upstarts who have ideas like what Sam is talking about, who have revolutionary or evolutionary ideas to help bring that business to the next plateau of, of customer service and, and quality, to keep those people out, to keep them from coming in and undercutting their competition, offering the same products for less, that kind of thing. It essentially, it's the good old boy network, and it's a protection of that network. That's what business regulations exist for. And I was one of those skeptics uh, a couple years ago. You know, there was no one story or one explanation that I just realized, okay, this is a bunch of crap. These are just here to protect the competition. It was hearing this story over and over and over again. Which story? Stories Stories just like this. Not this particular one, but this sort of genre of stories, whether it's taxi cabs or whether it's bars or whether it's smoking or, you know, whatever the issue is, they just come up with all of this nonsense and and it it the, the, you you guys never run out of stories and once i heard 50 60 70 of them it's like okay i i think they they have a point right you know the the idea that uh, government regulations help and they may very well help but it's like one step forward 37 back yeah. the 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 market the marketplace wants regulation to some extent i want to know that my restaurants are going to be safe places where i can go and eat but I don't feel comfortable with that. With the government, the government doesn't make that happen. Do you remember the story out of New York City about the uh, what was it? The pizza? Taco Bell. The Taco Bell. The, yeah, unfortunately, that, uh, the day after the inspector had come to inspect the Taco Bell, people saw rats running around the floor uh, through the windows in the front of the you know basically during the overnight when they were closed and uh, reported them and. So the the inspectors don't do crap. It's just an illusion for the most part, and it's also a way. If the if an inspector is doing something, it's either because something's so blatant they can't ignore it, or because they're targeting the business and they're trying to punish the business owner for some sort of political uh, retaliation. Maybe they uh, ran for office and challenged somebody who's part of the status quo, for instance. And I don't think it's that the market wants regulations, Mark. They want assurances that they're going to eat at a safe restaurant that's clean. They they want these assurances somehow. That doesn't have to come from regulation. It can come from you know any number of things. But private organizations can put together uh, their own standards, right? And you then can, have any any term you want to use for it. I'm yeah. just saying that, that they want some kind of certification Certainly. that a uh, that a restaurant is safe and good and and all those other things. And I think that the vast majority of of chain restaurants out there do a far better mm-hmm. job of of regulating themselves. I personally am not a chain restaurant guy. I like to go into the the mom and pop places. But I still don't believe for a second that restaurants want to poison their patrons. I just, I just can't well, imagine that's true. You get like I walked into a, I was, I travel a lot, so I would eat mm-hmm. out when I'm on the road. 
uh, I can't remember where I even was, but I went into this chain hamburger place. It was kind of late at night. They're closing up. I ordered my food. I go over to uh, get my soft drink. The lemons are have been in there all day. They're at the bottom of the real thick bend. They have little gnats flying around Ugh. them. Uh, Things don't look so hot, huh? The guy who took my order carries the trash out and then comes back in. He picks up the knife, and he has this dirty apron on. Mm. Uh, he picks up the knife, wipes it on his dirty <laughs> apron after he just took the trash out to the dumpster without coming back in and washing his hands, and then makes my sandwich. Sweet. Uh, so, Call the regulators! Yeah, well, I, I just said... Um, <laughs> I looked at him. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You just took the trash out. You didn't wash your hands. You mm-hmm. wiped your my the knife that you're making my sandwich with on your dirty apron, and you expect me to eat that? You, you're, you're nuts. <laughs> what did he say? He's like, uh, I just started to leave. He's like, uh, do you want your money back? I'm like, no, just keep it. <laughs> wow. Left. Wow. That was that. So, uh, so yeah, so I think that the there are certain areas where people who want to provide services to the community without asking for permission, there are certain areas that are pretty good for this. Obviously, we know about uh, underground kitchens where you make food in your home and you deliver mm-hmm. it out to your clients. Well, here's another one. A jitney cab, a gypsy cab. Get into the cab business and start putting the word out around at local bars and, and start giving people rides home and charge for it if you want or do whatever business model you want. But I think, I think that'd be a pretty easy business to get into, too, because most people, they've got a car, and that's, that's really all you need. Make sure you're insured as well. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. Death, its shadow followed Paul. Its hot breath had flowed across the back of his neck. Its cold fingers had caressed his throat. As Paul dabbles in the occult world of the Ouija board, a dangerous netherworld opens up to him, and he discovers the frightening possibility that a demonic dimension may be merging with our own. Read Matthew Wayne's debut novel, The Ouija's. To find out more, available now as an ebook at IPIC Publishing, IPICPublishing.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show to take control of if you decide to dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam is joining us from ObscuredTruth.com. You can go there and see some of his excellent video work as he has uh, created a number of uh, news package documentary style things uh, focusing on a lot of the activism going on here in New Hampshire, but also elsewhere. Go to ObscuredTruth.com to take a look-see at that. Of course, we will talk to you about whatever it is that's on your mind. But since we're talking about regulations uh in the last hour for those of you just tuning in we were talking about taxi cabs and the uh, the taxi medallions and the scam that is uh, the taxi cab regulations but regulations all across the board are a scam that essentially exists uh to protect existing businessmen from competition to make it so they don't have to innovate or they have you know innovate very slowly because there's a very limited amount of competition in their marketplace uh to protect prices so they don't have to really be too competitive because there's only a handful of people that are in their industry so they can somewhat collude uh, to set rates and things like that. And it's really just a good old boy system. And regulations are the same way at all levels. It's uh, the same scam, just different sizes. So, for instance, uh, with taxi cabs, you're dealing with a local government. You're dealing with a few local operators. 
Uh, state level, you might have other state uh, certified things like construction, things like that. And then at the federal level, you've got the big boys, right? You've got the big regulatory operations like the FDA, for instance. This is a huge uh, multi-billion dollar organization that uh, essentially saps money out of the uh, the people that are trying to provide you with food and drugs and therefore increase the price dramatically of uh, various different treatments and methods and technology for uh, for healthcare and things like that. But the FDA doesn't just deal with drugs as in things that make you better. They also now have purview over the realm of cigarettes. As you may recall, it was earlier this year, I believe, that the FDA was given either a greater purview or total control or whatever over cigarette regulations and uh, that's when they came out with the regulations that Mark increased the uh, the, the prices of the cigarettes and the uh, the cigars. That was last year, wasn't it? That was last year. I think I that was yeah. I think that was a new tax. Um, I don't know if that had. To well, do there was th- also regulations that made it so they couldn't sell the flavored tobacco yeah, anymore. Yeah, that came out of right. uh, yeah, relatively. Right. It came in the, in the same same time frame, but I don't think it was the same thing. And they killed the clove cigarettes. Made those right. completely because it's illegal. flavored or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they 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 added on because these- kids might get a hold of the bubblegum flavored cigarettes right. or something as if they can make cigarettes actually taste good i mean they're always going to taste like mud so and of course as as it ended up being as was predictable the people who supported the regulations were philip morris yep. so the biggest cigarette manufacturer philip in morris the country doesn't sell flavored cigarettes it's probably the the pm lobbyists who actually wrote the bill to begin with well, they were given, uh, of course, well, they sell menthols, and they were given an exem- uh, exemption for menthol. Well, menthol's not mm, a nice. flavor, for, right. gosh, for goodness sakes. So Paul Fetters over at <laughs> LewRockwell.com is going to expose you to a new example of this uh, scam, and that is the e-cigarette and how they've been treated, the people that have innovated in the world of cigarette smoking and have essentially eliminated the smoke part. They've uh, created a delivery system. Mark, you tried this uh, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I uh, tried it. I mean, I, you know, tested they, it out. They created a delivery system, and I've seen it. Be, it seems to be getting a little more popular, this delivery system for nicotine. It looks like a cigarette in that it is designed to resemble a cigarette, but it does not actually burn. It is essentially a vaporizer that heats up a, a it solution. It's like an atomizer, but okay. It heats up a solution to the point of vaporization, and then uh, you inhale that, and you get the nicotine fix that you're looking for. You can use it right in the middle of any restaurant or any business anywhere. It's if they let vapor. you. I mean, it, looks, it looks an awful lot like a cigarette, and that's one of its problems, <laughs> is, it, is yeah. it draws up ideas of, of uh, you well, know, cigarettes. I'm sure they have versions that don't look like cigarettes, but uh, it's clear if you're standing nearby one that it's not a cigarette. It doesn't have that nasty scent to it. Uh, mm-hmm. The smell dissipates fairly nearby the the person who's using right. it. There's supposed to be hundreds of carcinogenic chemicals in a cigarette. Um, these e-cigarettes have much fewer of them. I don't know. I, I They can't say that makes them safer. And I, you know, but it seems to me, I mean, one, one might draw seems that Seems like conclusion. a no-brainer. Yeah. I think they've, they've looked at uh, cannabis smoke through or cannabis uh, either smoked or vaporized. And every study that's ever been done on that shows that it's far safer to, to vaporize it. So uh, Paul Fetters at LewRockwell.com is reporting here. He says, I suppose I don't really have to give you or anyone else a refresher on how government ruins everything for the free market, whether it be through blatant government greed or simple red tape bureaucratic ineptness. My attention was brought to this due to the nonstop outcry around the world on the horrors of tobacco use. But as this particular case unfolds, we are pressed with a very real question. Does the government really care about our health? Now, I've been following a fairly new product for around, uh, around for a bit, and I believe that it and its fight with the FDA to be worthy of mention. There's a new product on the market that's starting to gain some serious momentum. Well, more accurately, as much momentum as the FDA will allow it to get, I guess. It's moved from pennies and nickels to a $100 million industry in roughly 12 months. 
this is actually not too new of a product. It just recently, uh, it's just recently that it has hit U.S. shores and managed to anchor itself fairly well. I'm speaking of the fairly new smoking alternative called the e-cigarette. Now, the e-cigarette was invented in China, and as a result of this, China is the leader across the board in the manufacturing of the batteries and other components. Another result would also be the fact that of uh, that China, of all places, seems to be a lot more accepting of these ingenious devices than our own democratic government. And, of course, China has changed a lot over the last uh, few decades. Uh, they've really come a long way in allowing more business and, and economic freedom there. It's certainly not the most economically free place in the world, but they've taken a few lessons from the success of the hands-off approach that uh, Hong Kong enjoyed for so long and still enjoys. And I think some of those lessons have come over to the mainland, and it's really resulted in a, a quality increase of the products that come out of China and more competition, that sort of thing. The e-cigarette comes in many different sizes, shapes, and manufacturers, and like any product, all of them naturally have their own pros and cons. Some of them have great vapor production but have a horrible battery life. Others have excellent battery life, but they don't produce enough cigarette-mimicking vapor. Yes, that's right, folks, vapor. The e-cigarette is more or less a personal nicotine vaporizer. There's no actual smoke, nor is there any actual tobacco, tar, or harmful chemicals. What you actually inhale and exhale is a mixture of propylene uh, glycol or vegetable glycol, nicotine, some natural flavor. Nicotine's a poison, and to say that there's no harmful chemicals you know, isn't entirely fair, but I, fair I mean, that's what people want. Uh, it's some natural flavor or another, and water. Now that we mention nicotine, this is the part where the FDA comes rolling in. The initial argument that the FDA produced after a brief study was that diethylene glycol was a health risk, as it is commonly found in substances such as antifreeze. Now, that sounds pretty scary, right? I mean, antifreeze is dangerous. You don't want to drink that, that stuff. Is yeah. there any water in ant- uh, antifreeze? Probably. Yeah. Probably. What the FDA did here was consciously derail and sabotage the e-cigarette through their tried and true fear-mongering technique of big-worded misinformation. And why would the FDA want to do that if this is what is, seems to me to be clearly a safer delivery uh, method for the, the usage of uh, nicotine or the recreational use uh, of nicotine? This is a safer method. Why would they want to derail it? Well, it's because they're working for their buddies in industry and keeping them safe, like Philip Morris. The initial argument uh, they produced, here's part of their quote. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration today announced that a laboratory analysis of electronic cigarette samples has found that they contain carcinogens and toxic chemicals, such as diethylene glycol, an ingredient used in antifreeze. So they actually put that in their press release. It's the FDA out there touting that antifreeze. Oh, my God. Well, is, is DG diethylene glycol considered toxic? The answer is yes. But what the FDA failed to mention is that the tested e-cigarette cartridges had about one-tenth the diethylene glycol that can be found in aspirin. And about one-fortieth the amount found in your uh, your typical tobacco cigarette. So not being very honest there, FDA. And this is the the suggestion all along is that e-cigarettes are, you know, perhaps a substitute for something that is extraordinarily bad for you. Smoking, about the worst thing that you can do health-wise uh, on, in, in the planet at this point, uh, shy of you know skydiving without parachutes. Uh, so, you know, I mean, the anything that's going to take its place that's delivering a poison, which is what nicotine is, to you and uh, through your lungs, you know, it's not going to be the safest thing in the world, but you have to compare it to what sure. it is that you're, you're replacing. Now, Mark, last time we talked about uh, the cigarette issue on the air, I had brought up the, the, the suggestion that they were putting ammonia in the filters. Yes. 
Well, I uh, went home and researched that and found out that the ammonia works to bond as a delivery system to deliver three to four times more nicotine. One of the companies put it in. Their sales went through the roof because people were hooked on cigarettes, so then all the others did. Hmm. And the FDA did it all. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. More about the e-cigarettes and your calls as well. Welcome to chime in on this or bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those. Like our news updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, you'll know it first if you're on the news list. Uh, and there are three different ways you can get that news. You can get it via email, Twitter, or Facebook. You pick. Take them all if you want. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. It's all free. News.freetalklive.com. Ian, when I say read the Bills Act, what comes to your mind? Downsizedc.org. Yeah, that's right. Downsizedc.org has a, a couple of really great uh, you know, sort of bills that they're trying to get passed through the United States Congress. And progressively, over time, they're having more and more luck. Uh, one's called the Read the Bills Act that re- require Congress to read all the bills that it, uh, it passes out loud in their uh, chambers. And the other is the One Subject at a Time Act. And both of these would change the face of America as it is today. It's, uh, it's DownsizedDC.org. They want you to know that you're not alone when you write your congressman when you use their system. Uh, it's DownsizedDC.org. And they recently just got enough sponsors for a majority in the House on the uh, one that requires the waiting period. Yeah, that's um, they, they're kind of they're saying we endorse this waiting period. Uh-huh. However, it's not good enough. OK, um, so they, they're, they're they're getting they're saying there, though. They understand that people are going to try to mimic their read the bills act, that, that mm-hmm. the Congress is going to try to mimic it and therefore take the teeth out of it. That's what they all do all the time with right. these reforms. Um, they, they they pass them in the fashion that's going to be beneficial to them. Uh, Downsize D.C. Dot org is uh, is sponsoring or you know backing the the uh, waiting period behind mm-hmm. the bills. However, they still say there's more to be done. Okay, that's downsizedc.org. As we continue the story from uh, LouRockwell.com, getting into some of the detail about just how just how much of a scam the FDA is and how they're really out there not to keep you safe, but to keep their buddies in the corporate uh, healthcare world safe. Uh, to keep their buddies at Philip Morris and the other major cigarette manufacturers safe from competition, in this case by the e-cigarette manufacturers in uh, China. Because basically these e-cigarette manufacturers are a significant threat to uh, to Philip Morris. I mean, they're significant as far as what could happen. They haven't really, really dented the business too hard at this point. They've really only been around in the United States significantly for the last year or so. And as the uh, story at Lou Rockwell points out, 
there's maybe only a hundred million dollars, uh, you know, in the industry as far as business is concerned. So just I think to- it sounds very interesting. Um, you know, when being a former smoker, I've it's been a year now. I still struggle with the idea of whether or not I want to smoke. Um, I one of the things that I think is a disadvantage to the e-cigarettes. And this is one of the things that isn't getting talked about. We, we're not sponsored by e-cigarettes. We're just here talking about what we believe is right. No, but maybe you should reach out to some of those Guangzhou manufacturers, and we can like. I, well, I'd love to have them. I'd love to have them on board. However, one of the things that concerns me is: uh, Would you like to, to start? Would I was going to say maybe you product? should pick up the habit again. Maybe you should endorse the product. <laughs> <laughs> so, if they had a pot version, that would be awesome. <laughs> yes, it would. Um, what concerns me is is that uh, e-cigarettes don't work exactly like cigarettes do. Um, so you you could right, there's no smoking. Continue to uh, you know take nicotine in at a given time, so you could actually develop a larger nicotine habit than you had on cigarettes and you know whatever whatever it was in the smoke that was preventing you from say smoking two and a half packs a day rather than one pack a day uh, might not be there so uh, that that's one one of the things that concerns me about them but i still consider them to be significantly more healthy for you than cigarettes well that's just a guess from the people that i've known that have uh, have attempted to to start using this product they've raved about it you know it allows them to get the uh, the, the product that they're looking for, the nicotine, they get that delivered to them. They can deliver it without having to go outside into the cold, and it's uh, it's convenient. It's not stick. It's not stinky. the The cost is actually on par or a little bit cheaper than actually buying the cigarettes. As oh, I recall, I would think it's it would be cheap. a lot cheaper it's, when you're you know, talking about seven dollars a pack these days. Yeah, I don't know if it's a lot cheaper, but it is cheaper. I okay. mean, they're they're priced to where it can be competitive or cheaper than the than the cigarettes. And so basically, it's a real threat. To, and Philip Morris and the rest of those co- companies know it because essentially you go and you buy basically a hundred and fifty dollar purchase with this e-cigarette, and then you buy the the refill packs to refill the propylene glycol or whatever in there, and that's what's got the nicotine in it, and that's what you're vaporizing. So once you buy the actual unit, unless that thing craps out, and eventually it probably will. Sure, but, everything breaks. Uh, Right, but that's going to last you a long time, and then you're just buying the refill. So you don't have any reason to buy a cigarette ever again as soon as you pick one of these things up. And as soon as you find out how, how useful it is, then you're done with cigarettes at that point. And that's got to be a real scary situation for the, the old-school cigarette manufacturers here. So rather than get in and compete and, and bring out their own versions of these e-cigarettes, they're relying on their buddies at the FDA to make things difficult for them. And the FDA puts out this report talking about how it is that, uh, well, look out, these e-cigarette samples have uh, we found toxic chemicals like diethylene glycol, an ingredient used in antifreeze. It's an actual uh, part of that's an actual quote from the FDA. But as the, uh, the numbers actually show, the e-cigarette cartridges that were tested had about one-tenth the diethylene glycol that can be found in aspirin and about one-fortieth the amount found in your typical tobacco cigarette. It can also be found in a variety of consumable products on the market that we use daily. It's actually not an ingredient used in antifreeze. It's an ingredient in coolants. They mixed that up with PG, propylene glycol, which is actually put into antifreeze in order to make the antifreeze child-safe. And or pet safe. Oops. So they didn't even have their information correct. Not that it really matters. Much. I mean, they're not even competent in their own area of expertise. Yeah. That's typical. So typical no, no. of government. They're competent in their area of expertise. 
their area of expertise is scaring the crap out of you so that they can serve their tobacco masters. Yeah. I mean, this is, they did exactly what they wanted to do. They may, they may or may not know that they made a mistake, and it doesn't really matter. When the FDA releases a press release, the, uh, the mainstream media, the, the, the kids that are in the mainstream media and reporting on this stuff, they don't check that crap. They just print it right up. So they screwed up. They mixed up propylene glycol with diethylene glycol, which was a big mistake. But not that it matters much. The DG, uh, diethylene glycol, is actually not a typical ingredient you find in e-cigarettes. It's typically used as a humectant for tobacco products, which would explain its presence in one out of the 18 e-cigarette cartridges tested. So they tested 18 e-cigarette cartridges, found diethylene glycol in one of the 18 and then proceeded to put out a report about how they uh you know that that, that, that they discovered this information uh that this was the case with e-cigarettes it's the case of one out of 18 of the cigarettes they checked and and even if it were true of all the 18 of them actual cigarettes have 40 times as much dg this is why the government is in so much trouble right now people are waking up because you know, they've been doing this for probably 20, 30, 40 years, if not even longer, just flat out misrepresenting the truth, lying to the public. And they have this mainstream media that is controlled by the government and licensed by the government that hires a bunch of stenographers who come in and copy down whatever the government says and then turn around and report it as news. And they, they're not counting on people on the Internet reading LouRockwell.com mm-hmm. and reading these other sites and seeing what a joke they're doing. They're not hearing they're now people are now hearing the stories about the ATF guy that was seizing the plastic airsoft gun saying these could be converted into machine guns. <laughs> I mean, they must think you are so stupid. Yep, more coming up here. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on the e-cigarette are welcome, and you can bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. More on the FDA coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. We've got our shrine of female listeners there with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. Go get all the details at shrine.freetalklive.com. HostGator.com is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They have like more than more than a thousand templates there that you could use at HostGator.com. It doesn't matter whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website. You can let the the experts at HostGator.com host you. Whose coupon code FTL, that's FTLs and Free Talk Live. Sign up at HostGator.com today to receive your first month completely free. HostGator.com. All right, we're going to FTL. We're, yeah, we're going to keep talking about the uh, FDA and e-cigarettes. Can also take your calls. Go to Steve in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve. Hello. Hey, Steve. I'm uh, using an uh, e-cigarette myself. Been using this since uh, January. 
it's completely replaced my use of cigarettes. So do you feel do you feel any healthier? I mean, do, do your lungs feel healthier? Are you able to uh, participate in cardiovascular exercise for any longer period of time? Well, not particularly, but okay. the fact that I actually sleep a little bit better at night. And well, that's good news. Don't, don't have to put up with the smell of a cigarette. Mm. Now, are you uh, saving money? Is it is it cheaper? I've heard that it is cheaper. Is that the case? Uh, seems to be because uh, when I started out, a ten milliliter bottle of uh, e juice would run me ten bucks. How much? Two. Ten. Ten. Okay, ten milliliters for ten bucks. And how long does that right. last? And that would last me about a week. Okay. And how Versus, many cigarettes uh, were you smoking before that? pack a day. So a pack a day and you're living in uh, Texas. What's a pack of cigarettes cost down there? Six bucks. About six bucks. So, so you, that's, like that's a lot cheaper 42 then. Bucks a week, 42 bucks a week on cigarettes versus 10 bucks a week. So a fourth yeah. the price. That's what I was, I was thinking. This was significantly um, less expensive than, than cigarettes. It would have to be. Competition would drive it down quickly. Yes. Especially Chinese, Chinese C- competition. Cigarettes is almost entirely taxes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the thing is that it's all taxes. It's highway robbery on cigarettes. Now, what about the uh, addiction? Uh, do you feel the like the desire to smoke? Is that has that changed at all? Any effects there? I've uh, actually been able to cut down to where now. Like I said, when I started, the bottle was lasting me about a week. The current bottle I'm on, I've been on for about a month now. Good heavens! So, a ten milliliter bottle. So has- you've gone from a bottle a week to a bottle a month. Yes. Are you attempting to uh, to diminish your your use, or is it just kind of you're finding your your own equilibrium in using it? Well, I started uh, just uh, in diminishing, and it gets to where I just pick it up less and less. Interesting, because I can tell you the diminishing <laughs> diminishing cigarettes just doesn't work very well. I uh, you know See, wasn't, that, wasn't that your ex- experience too? Yeah, I tried that with the actual cigarettes trying to diminish, and then you just. End up picking them back up and going back at it. Yeah, it's it's a good way to start smoking more. I think this is where yeah. the ammonia in the filters comes in. I mean that it, that makes it far more addictive when you switch over to these e-cigarettes. You're vaporizing. You're you're taking in water vapor basically. So that that you're getting whole nicotine thing vapor. is gone. You're getting nicotine still, but you're not well, getting not it the hundred other chemicals. In, right? Well, it, it, the the paper that I read online said it it sort of hooked in and made it a far more uh, effective delivery system for mm. the nicotine and made it far more addictive in the process. So people who are switching over are still getting their nicotine, but it's not being delivered with that ammonia that makes gotcha. it more addictive. So that may be why they're so scared here. And how long have you been doing this now, Steve, the e-cigarette? I, I started in uh, January. Now, I have picked up one pack of cigarettes since then because I ended up leaving my charger someplace. <laughs> Over a three-day uh, weekend, and it's like, okay, now the nicotine. Ch- hey, I want to diminish. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I pick those things up, and man, they're nasty. Yeah. So an yeah. extra an extra battery would go a long way, or having an extra charged up an extra uh, charger go a long yeah. way because if you because I, I use it at work, and I left actually left it up at work. Right. What do they for think? Three-day weekend. What do they so, think about it at work? Um, as far as you using it in the office or, or the workplace or whatever. I don't know, guys, a little bit of a quizzical look. Yeah. 
But that's all. <laughs> Nobody said anything. It's good. They didn't kick you. Little buddy and doesn't go out with their business. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> kick you outside or anything. So all is well. If you try using these things on airplanes, it, it'll it'll just cause the busybodies because airplanes have a lot of people packed in an area, mm-hmm. and there's no smell from them. But it'll cause the busybodies to just get too upset. It looks too much like smoking for uh, people to. I think you could take it into the bathroom and administer it to yourself. Of course, there's going to be people waiting to use the bathroom at that point. Hey, Steve, thanks for the personal story. Anything else you want to share tonight? Oh, I, I was about to say, mine is not exactly one that would look like a cigarette because it has a little bit of a blue light at mm-hmm. the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, you can get them with That's different different colored LED lights at the end. That's kind of a Those cool thing. Those are cool, yeah, yeah. They light up when you suck in according to how hard you're yep. pulling on it's it. neat. Thanks for the call tonight, Steve. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Dave is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Good evening. Hey, Dave. I was just going to get back to, uh, you all were speaking of regulations earlier. Yes, sir. And you all are against regulations from what I gather. Just to clarify, Dave, I am against government monopoly regulations. I'm not against the private market coming up with standards. I'm not against the private market coming up with inspections. Uh, I think the, the, the marketplace can do things a whole lot better than the government regulators can. And there's proof proof of that uh, in that uh, for instance, a lot of chain restaurants are—they uh, have their own inspections that are much more high quality than the government inspections, and done far more often, and done on a surprise basis rather than an announced basis. Uh, the local, uh, your local Walmart or Target—they sell products that are UL certified, and they will not sell products that are not UL certified. And grocery stores have different quality standards and things like that. So uh, the marketplace automatically pr- does things to protect their customers. We don't need the government violent monopoly to do that. But. For a second there, it sounded like um, kind of like the police uh, taking, you know, um, uh, keeping an eye on themselves, as it's been referred to, and we we all know that that's a bunch of. Well, when you when Whatever. you say when you but say it sort of sounds like that to an extent. What what are you saying that uh, that it would be the private uh, businesses keeping an eye on themselves? Sort of, yeah. Yeah, well, the part of the picture you're not getting is that in the marketplace, uh, there are different entities. So, for instance, have you ever heard of Consumer Reports? Yep. Okay, so you know that Consumer Reports is an independent organization that uh, that takes in products and they do their own independent testing on those products and they publish those results and they don't accept advertising from any companies whatsoever. It's all consumer supported. Uh, it's, uh, it's a, there are other organizations like Consumer Reports out right. there. So would you say that Consumer Reports is uh, is corrupted? No, I think Consumer Reports is good. Well, so more Dave, of that, Dave. Uh, right. Well, the the issue, the difference here with the police, um, with the police regulating themselves versus restaurants regu- regulating themselves, is if I go to a restaurant, I order a hamburger, it gives me botulism, and I'm uh, near death. I can then sue them uh, for you know their you know them serving me bad food. If you can prove it was them. If well, you, you know, you making a you have a significantly home. better shot than trying to go after the cops who don't even have to mount their it's own true. defense. They've got they're just going to take the taxpayer dollars and to mount their defense. So they the the restaurants don't want to get sued for uh you know whatever it is that they're you know foisting off on people. Whereas the cops they don't care if they get sued because their you know their their defense fund comes from the taxpayers in the first place. Do you see how the incentives are different there, Dave? 
Oh yeah. Yep. Right. The consumer, yep. the consumer groups, uh, like Consumer Reports, are watchdog organizations. You also have, uh, like your local television stations, uh, their investigative reporters that will do pieces on corrupt businesses and things like that. So in the marketplace, there's a demand for good information about products and services, and because of that demand, there will be products and services that that fill the demand to tell you about what products and services are best. And plus, we've got the wonderful information age that is upon us to where you can do your own due diligence and go in and type in any name of any product or service you want to and find out all kinds of experiences and and usages with them. So in the absence of the government monopoly, we have competition for safety. I hope that explains it. More coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. Single CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. You'll find that they are free, including uh, the news updates, the wiki, the archives. We give it all away, but... Of course, it's not free to run the website, so if you want to voluntarily support the show, you can do that by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. You just head on over to amp.freetalklive.com, and uh, you can get signed up over there. You get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum, as well as the uh, the amp-only podcast, which is commercial-free. The the recorded commercials do not appear there. So you get some perks, and you help us out, too, because we take that 3 bucks a month. That's all we ask for. We take that three bucks a month and we reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So if that seems like it'd be worth three bucks a month to you, I would agree. You should go and do that. Amp.freetalklive.com, and thanks in advance. As we continue here, we're going to take your phone calls. If we get a chance, we'll uh, come back to the e-cigarette controversy. The phones are uh, blowing up here, so right to the phones and to the fun. A different Dave, this one also in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Hey, Hey, Dave. Dave I wanted to, uh, of course, there are a lot of uh, activist videos that are flooding YouTube now. And a lot of them have the same two problems in common. And I wanted to provide a couple free tips for uh, for all the activists out there who are shooting free a little tips. bit of video. Okay. Dave is a professional videographer by trade, having had experience uh, behind the scenes at uh, places like Fox News uh, in major cities. Uh, you've been you've been back in the editing room. You've been on the streets, and and you've now uh, retired from that business. And you've created the Ridley Report at RidleyReport.com. You're kind of like the man on the ground with the video camera, doing one man reports, uh, editing essentially as you shoot it. You don't actually go back to an editing bay with these. You, know, you call them Ridleyos, and you've actually, in many cases, offered uh, classes on how to do this stuff, like you do it. So uh, it's it's good stuff, by the way. I've taken uh, Dave's class. Not to mention that Dave is a, an activist himself. So uh, his yeah. His free tips aren't free tips coming from some from ca- some couch potato. <laughs> so what are well, they, Dave? Anyway, Lay them out. Thanks, guys. But the, the, two, the two main problems I'm seeing, first of all, you've got to hold the camera steady. People don't understand. They forget it's even in their hand, you would think. Um, and almost everybody makes this mistake. The camera is like a, they say it's like a gun. It's like a gun, especially in this respect. You, you just want to hold it as steady as possible, not tense. Uh, but just keep it on wide angle, 
if you zoom in, it's going to exaggerate the shakiness. Yeah, You're going to be true. scared if it's an important video. Just keep it on wide angle. Keep it very steady. And just keep that in mind. Steady, 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 steady while you're shooting. Yeah, and there are different ways that you can accomplish that. Uh, it, it's it's something that has, has plagued me because it's it, I find it difficult to keep. I would not be a very good surgeon. Um <laughs> But I, I've definitely learned some tricks that make things a little bit better. I mean, you can brace yourself if you're nearby a, a pole or something like that or a tree. You can lean against it. Uh, you can you kind of keep your uh, your hands close in to, uh, to your body and you brace one elbow in, a, in your hand, that sort of thing. Uh, so there are different ways to, uh, to do that stuff. And then the other tip is related, and it's, it's don't pan the camera or at least avoid panning it. For the most part, I am so tired of seeing pans of crowds or the camera that pans here, pans there, pans there. Well, why don't you just hold a shot? You've got to, again, it's a little bit like a firearm. You have to just aim it and hold it in a direction. You can't be moving it all over the place you, like that. You can get away with a pan, but you have to follow the movement of the crowd. This gets into you know motivation for why you're moving along. If somebody walks into the frame and then sort of meanders through the crowd you can follow that person and it'll look okay because it gives the audience something to focus on but uh, for the most part i agree with you and people will carry their camera around the you know through the bushes or something nothing's going on and you're like why didn't you just hit pause and then unpause it when you uh, record and unrecord again once you uh, get back to an interesting shot and then the other thing i think people uh, oftentimes do is they're afraid to let things go out of the frame like you want to follow the person, so that's where you get a lot of those panning shots. Uh, it, it's great; it's a great ending to just sort of let things leave the frame, and then you sit there with the blank picture that you can fade out on or cut on. Yeah, and I don't think we can. I don't think we can, can impose too many different rules on a new videographer, especially if when you know. I mean, there's not that much you can fit in your head. Yep. Yep. Uh, just these two things, I think, are the most important. And, and I think what's most important is that they're out there actually recording the stuff in the first place. Uh, a bad a bad video recording can be made better in the editing room later. Not everybody has to shoot for the purposes of just transferring from the camera directly to YouTube. If you spend a little bit of time in the at the editing deck, you can clean some of these uh, mistakes up. Yeah, it's much better to shoot bad video than no video. Yes, Agreed. absolutely. absolutely. Uh, you know, get the audio. I mean, even if you can just get the audio with the video camera, even if you're not pointing at exactly at the uh, the person, if the audio is compelling enough, then it doesn't matter what's uh, what's on the screen. And also, if you've got uh, good footage but bad audio, then you've almost got something worthless. So, I mean, it, no, it just... I don't know. It's, it's, again, the important thing is more important to shoot it than it is to shoot it right. Uh, and it's more important to get it on YouTube or, you know, or some service like that. I agree, but but you give me the choice between uh, footage that is kind of crappy with good audio and footage that is decent, but you can't hear what's going on. Uh, you're, I'm going to take the one that's uh, that's got the good audio. Of course, you are a radio guy. Yeah. I'm telling, I'm yeah, telling yeah, you, Mark. I agree. Good with you. audio is very important to have. I agree. Otherwise, you don't know what's happening. I agree. Or you have yeah, to spend yeah, hours like doing subtitles. Two things: keep the camera steady. Do not pan. Um, and in order to do these two things, you've got to go out and shoot on a relatively regular basis. If you're going to forget everything while well, there's an important situation going on. Mm-hmm. Go out and if you had a protest and nothing major is going on but some people holding some signs, get some shots of that and put it on YouTube. If you're doing anything activist-related, get some shots of it, put it on YouTube. Get used to shooting and used to following the steadiness and no panning technique. Good suggestions. Thanks, Dave. Anything else you want to share? 
That's it. All right. Appreciate your call. Thank you. 800-259-9231. We continue here. Unscreened amplifier calls. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. You're on the air. Amp, amp line. Going once. Going twice. It always goes well when you try this unscreen thing. Unscreened line two. You're on the air. Hello. <laughs> Hey, this is Sonny in South Dakota. Sonny, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Um, when you guys bring up stories about uh, businesses or individuals using the coercive agent of government to their advantage, I, I can't help but wonder if this is actually due simply to the existence of government or is this actually a result of the competitive behavior inherent in in the market system? Because if your goal is to maximize your profits, then it seems that to use any course of agent is actually a pretty good strategy. Well, I don't deny that it's a good strategy for the uh, the entities, the corporate entities that are, are using the, the strategy of using the government to keep people out of their business. Clearly, it works very well for them. Uh, it doesn't mean it's a moral strategy. Absolutely not. But even if we were absent of government, as long as people are driven to compete against each other ferociously almost, you know, whatever they can do, there will be some businesses and people who will do almost anything. Absolutely. Going to happen? That it's still going to happen. The difference will be they won't have this large or violent monopoly organization backing them up and making sure that they get away with it, making sure that uh, nobody can really come in and safely or efficiently or uh, or effectively compete with them without having millions of dollars in the bank in, in some cases or tens if not hundreds of thousands. So, yes, those things will still be there, but there there will also be a reputation rating, and that's something that we don't have today that, you know, the closest thing that we that we have today is really a, like a credit rating. But a reputation rating in a voluntary marketplace would be far more important it would be something that that uh people would really care about and would want to know you know what's the reputation of the businesses that i'm doing business with and the ones who were scrupulous and like to really screw people over to uh unscrupulous unscrupulous thank you to to get their way and and make sure that they win at whatever costs are going to have a reputation that's probably not so great and people aren't going to patronize them anymore and they're going to lose market share I think I've heard you say something before along the lines of um, that the real underlying problem is in the human behavior or something to that effect, that we need to change the way that we, uh, yeah. we act and deal with one another. That's what's really the fundamental problem. We we need to, I, uh, the, the change that's going to come about, uh, the lasting change comes about when people's perspectives and beliefs are expanded to encompass a larger view than what they have today. And so it's through that process, it's changing people's beliefs that will eventually change the way they see the world and the way the we world We talk shows more up. about that coming up here in hour number three. Thank you, by the way. Appreciate the call tonight, 800-259-9231. We'll talk about how uh, the world on the outside is essentially a, a manifestation of what we believe on the inside, collectively, if you will. I can use that term. Uh, 800-259-9231. You can also add your thoughts in. Bring up whatever you want. Hour 3 is up next. Free Talk Live. 
MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll free 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line 1-800-259-9231 tonight it's ian and sam and mark sam is here joining us from obscuredtruth.com you can go there and get some great liberty oriented video products all free obscuredtruth.com 800-259-9231 we're going to continue taking your phone calls we may talk more about e-cigarettes here coming up there's more to say about the fda and uh, how they're trying to destroy the e-cigarette business but first we go to your phone calls virgil is on the line in Ohio. Hello, Virgil. Hey, guys. How are you tonight? What's on your mind, Virgil? Well, uh, just a couple of comments. I was listening to your show from last evening, and you guys uh, touched up on uh, Christianity a little bit and uh, and taxation and, and how a lot of, uh, you know, evangelicals are basically kind of worshiping the state. Uh, do you guys recall that conversation? Yes. It's something that uh, bothers me greatly about kind of the direction, at least, uh, you know, Christianity I've been exposed to in America has turned. Right, and I, I think you guys are absolutely right. But just just don't put us all into that uh, into that pot. We don't all think think along these lines. And Clearly. if I could address just just a couple of points really quick, there's uh, there are two main passages that ultra conservative uh, evangelicals use to justify their statism. One is the famous uh, you know render unto Caesar passage. Oh yeah, uh, we've heard that Gospels. one. What do you have to say right. to it? Uh, well, that is so out of out of context. It's not even funny. Uh, you know, the, the, that passage here is Jesus in a Jewish temple. You know, hanging out with a bunch of guys. They walk up to him with a Roman coin. You know, this is a denarius. Uh, it had a, you know a, a, a inscription of the emperor on uh, on one side. I actually think it said uh, you know uh, Tiberius, son of God. Uh, I believe this was one of one of the inscriptions. There's a deeper story here. You know, the, these guys are. Jesus is not actually advocating paying taxes. He's advocating the exact opposite, which is, hey, uh, you guys are hypocrites. You're bringing a Roman coin in my temple, in my father's temple. Uh, He's simply exposing their hypocrisy, and he's saying the exact opposite. Do not pay taxes to Rome. Uh, This coin doesn't belong here. You need to leave the empire things to the empire and uh, and don't go into business with them, basically. What I've always heard so it that, said, um, what I've heard an explanation that I like, and it's it's kind of simple, is to render under Caesar what is Caesar's. Well, who's to say the coin is Caesar's? I mean, is is the quarter that I have in my pocket George Washington's? Um, I mean, if he were, <laughs> if he were alive, could he lay claim to it? If Barack Obama's picture was on a hundred dollar bill and that was in my pocket, would it be his? Because sure, it's the absolutely. United States, uh, you know, currency, the Federal Reserve note. Does that mean it's the United States government's money? Because it's not. I worked for that money, and I exchanged something for it. <laughs> I could write my name on that bill right now, and it wouldn't make it mine. Right, and, and of course, it it, it, 
it's outrageous that uh, that conservatives actually suggest that Jesus is supporting or encouraging, you know, paying taxes to uh, to the state here. We're using this passage, and of course, the the uh, the only other passage is uh, I think it's Romans 13, where Paul is writing a letter to uh, to Jewish, you know, converted Christians in Rome, telling them, you know, obey authorities and so on. But even that is taken out of context because, uh, uh, you know, both. You know, the letter to Romans and the message of Jesus, these are very subtle, in fact, subversive statements against Rome. They're not supporting Rome. So I think a lot of these guys are greatly missing uh, the point, you know, of, of what Jesus was trying to accomplish. He was a very subtle, very subversive guy. He wasn't going around, you know, slashing the throats of Roman soldiers, not even getting in their faces, but he was working actively to subvert their authority as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't see how anybody would would claim that Jesus was supporting the Roman government. I mean that that that's absolutely <laughs> ludicrous as far as I'm concerned. And the you know somehow or another they've decided that because some of the founding fathers were Christians um, in this country that therefore the government two hundred and something years later is Christian or something. I don't know. And it's you know you're absolutely right. It would be if if we would transplant our our environment today back two thousand years ago, it would be outrageous to think that Jesus would want us to you know uh, offer incense to Caesar every morning or worship him or say the pledge of allegiance to Rome. It's outrageous. Well Ludicrous. stated. Well stated, sir. Anything else you want to add in here? That's it. Listen, guys, I've been listening to you for about two weeks. And uh, I got to oh, wow. tell you, I'm hooked. You guys, you guys are doing a great job, and I'm very impressed with you. Keep well, up I want to apologize, Virgil, if it sounded like we were attacking all Christians. So we usually make pretty clear to not do that. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I've over the years, I've I've gotten less and less acerbic when it comes to Christianity. I was raised in you know one of these you know Christian homes, went to Christian schools, uh, uh, you know, got really into the the doctrine, and I can have some bitterness around Christianity. I know right. it's true now. Um, I'm a- I'm managing to shed some of that off. I, it's not uh, f- for me. It's not about going after uh, the religion itself. There are aspects of it that that bother me still, but uh, you know, right. not not as a whole. No, there's some Christians yeah. up here in uh, the Free State Project that I love. I mean, they're some of my favorite people. Uh, Russell Canning, one of the people that was a big inspiration to me to make the move up here. Some of the civil disobedience that he did. Uh, was what really brought me to Keene as soon as as I came, which was four years ago almost now. Uh, Russell Canning is one of the most you know devout Christians that, that I know. Uh, Baron Swearingen, the president of the Free State Project, also a very uh, devout Christian from what I understand. And I'm sure Varen he's a part time preacher man. Is that I didn't even know that. See, I'm sure Varen would talk to me about Christianity should I want to talk to him about it. But I've never had Varen or Russell or any of those people try to shove anything about their religion down my throat. And I have to say, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the so kinds of Christians ask- that are going to keep it to themselves unless they're asked about it. Right. So can I ask you guys a quick question? That that's sure. encouraging me. It's encouraging to me to hear this. How would I? How, how would we get motivated, my wife and I and my family, to explore what you folks are doing up there in New Hampshire? Well, what uh, would what would be motivating to you? I don't know what you're looking for. Well, we, we're just looking for freedom and liberty, and and we love what what you folks are doing with the Free State Project, and. Uh, you know, well, we, how do, is there is there a way we can come up and visit and hang yeah, out bet. with people? You are, bet. Two are, really are there great. Ex, there are two really great excuses to come up here. I mean, you can come up any old time and, and meet up with people. And That's people, people will definitely hang out with you and and you know spend a little time and talk to you about the the state and moving up and things like that. Right. There's always some sort of social event going on across the state in any given week. I mean, here in Keene, there every 
freaking night, uh, <laughs> Keen Nightcap. Uh, but uh, but if you want to come up here, two of the best times to do it are the Liberty Forum, which happens in winter, eight, late winter, early spring, uh, March basically, or late February in uh, in Nashua. Nashua, New Hampshire. There's a kind of a hotel convention style event, and that's a good time. There's a lot of folks, hundreds of people that come out for that. And then there's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which just just ended about a month ago. Uh, that's okay. more of a camping style event. Late June. With, with a whole lot more people. Uh, there are literally 800 people there this year, so far more people attend the Pork Fest. That 800 more, that registered is probably closer yeah. to 1,100. It's, uh, it's more affordable, obviously, because it's camping as opposed to a luxury hotel. Uh, and I don't, when I say luxury, it's not the most expensive of hotels that, uh, that they stay in for the, the Liberty Forum, but certainly you're going to spend more on the Liberty Forum than you will going, uh, going camping. So it really depends on what kind of atmosphere you want. Do you want the more convention-style uh, atmosphere? And it's not like you have to wear a suit or anything like that. There are certainly people dressed casually there. Or do you want to be out camping uh, in the woods? Or do both. Uh, both of them are a great opportunity to come up, meet some of the other families that are up here, meet some of the other activists that are, uh, that are here, and get, a, get plugged into this community. There have been so many people sure. that have come here for one of these two events and they've just been so inspired by um they've, they've been so inspired by what happens at these events the the people that they meet that they don't want to leave all right that's fantastic listen you guys keep up the good work i'm going to sign up for an amp account with you here great thank you, you Virgil. Out and give you uh, give you our support okay also go and sign up for the free state project as well when you get a chance over yeah, state free, your intention yeah freestateproject.org and then get uh, get yourself up here and meet some of these amazing people they're the, just the most fun group of uh, folks just so nice uh, and they work to work together and they they help each other out i mean when people make the move up here the first real uh, impression that you get when you move to new hampshire is how amazing the people are here they come to your home or your apartment or whatever it is you're moving into if you announce in advance that you're coming they'll come here to your home they will unload your car for you they'll unload your moving truck for you i mean you'll have a a whole moving truck unloaded in 30 to 45 minutes now you should buy him pizza and some beer or something like that but afterwards you've got you've got yourself a party at your new home with all your new friends uh, the people that have you know you're essentially going to be your new neighbors and your new friends for uh, for life and thank you for the call virgil i appreciate hearing from you more coming up this is free talk live You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. The Free Talk Live, uh, by the way, has a lot of features on the site, including our uh, listening options, live streams, Listen lines, webcam, we give it all away, so enjoy. And the main feature of the site actually allows you to interact with other listeners by submitting show prep suggestions. So you find something online that you think is pretty neat, you submit it to our website, and then other listeners get to vote as to whether they like or dislike your suggestion. And the most liked will make it to the front page of our website. 
and the top of the website, meaning we're more likely to see them and talk about them on these very airwaves. You can go and do that, uh, get interactive with the website and other listeners over at freetalklive.com. It's all totally free. We actually had Virgil on the line a moment ago uh, from Ohio, relatively new listener to the show, said he's hooked. That's great news. He's starting to really like the idea of the Free State Project. And we were talking about some of the events that go on uh, with the Free State Project, the Liberty Forum, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Of course, you can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that. Sam, was your first exposure to New Hampshire, the uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival, or the Liberty Forum? Oh, gosh. Because I remember Um, you came up here and you you toured the studio once with Dale a long time ago. I think that was during the Liberty Forum, and that was the first time I was up. No, I think that was the Pork Fest. Didn't they do the bus tours during uh, Pork Fest? Yeah, it was. It was. Okay. So it was Pork Fest, I guess, three (laughs) years ago now. What was your impression? I mean, do you remember how you felt about uh, when when you would you know what you'd heard about the Free State Project maybe by listening to Free Talk Live or or visiting the forums, and then when you actually arrived and experienced uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, what what was it like? I, I mean, the the thing I think that people notice right off the bat the most that was really apparent to me is everybody around kind of already gets it. I was still sort of coming around to the ideas at that point. You know, I had heard about it. I had listened to Free Talk Live for. Oh, probably a year at that point and decided, okay, I want to check into this thing and make sure that New Hampshire is a place that I can live. Um, I got up here, I, you know, we went out shooting. I, I had a good time. I got along with the uh, the people. I think that was, was that the year of the Epic Fun Tent? I think so. And so, yeah, that was quite a lot of fun, as you can yeah. imagine. <laughs> um, it's just, it's it's hard to really describe. I mean, I was I was coming from this city in Dallas, you know, Dallas, Texas, city of millions of people. Yeah. Um, and here I am considering moving to this small town where I run into Mark while we're out on the tour. Just he's walking around on Main Street and I'm <laughs> like, hey, Mark. <laughs> so the guy with the big ears. That's me. There I was. <laughs> And uh, so we chatted, you know, it, it it was just kind of like, um, uh, I don't know, I had to sort of really get a feel for it and make sure, yeah, this is a place I can come up here and be happy. So, And was, it, was that something you decided the weekend of Porkfest or that week of, of Porkfest or did you have to really ruminate on it later I really on? had to think about it because, you it's know, a big lifestyle change it was you. a big lifestyle change. I had a house down there that I was selling. My uh, entire family, most of them are still in Texas. Mm-hmm. We have the family farm that's that's been in the family for 230 years it's where the wagon wheel broke on my great grandfather's wagon. He said, all right, screw this. We're not fixing it. We're just going to buy this place and settle here. So wow. probably didn't cost that much back then. Either. No, it didn't. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, history, a lot of family in Texas that I've kind of left behind. Uh, so it wasn't a very easy decision for me. But over time, I heard it more and more. Um, I know kind of what I'm capable of doing the way that I have of kind of reaching out to people and speaking to the masses to to try and share some of these ideas and this philosophy with them. And I I realized, where else am I going to be able to do this? Where else am I going to have the support? I I was going to court fighting those traffic tickets, playing with the the Mark Stevens approach. And, I mean, I'd have two people in court. And it was either my parents or uh, my neighbors behind me who— Who are now considering moving. Yeah, his son came up here. It was was his dad and and his uh, wife at the time who had come into court and taken time off work to come up and watch me. Whereas here, you know, I could send out a, a pork 411 the night before and say, hey, I've got a court date in the morning or post to the forum and six or eight people show up. It's amazing. Yeah, at the drop of a hat. And it's right. I have to say I have to agree with you. I was talking with some folks about uh, you know living here last night and mm-hmm. uh, and how just incredible it, it has been 
I mean, when I moved here four years ago, it was so different. Yeah. So different. There were a, 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 much, a lot fewer people uh, around here, if I can say that. Uh, just literally, literally a handful of activists in the area and all of differing age ranges, basically, which was a challenge for, uh, for Julia at the time because she didn't have anybody her age that she could really relate to in the movement. Uh, and I think that was, you know, I think there was a problem there, and that was one of those early mover problems, right? And those those problems have been remedied at this point. Uh, now we have so many people of the age range that uh, that we're in because it's easier for young people to move than families. We're starting to see the families show up now. Uh, within the last year, more families have started to uh, to show up, at least in this area of the state. But every single night here in Keene, now there are these nightcaps, which is I've never been so social in my life. I mean, this this. <laughs> This summertime, you used to you guys used to tease each other. Mark you used to tease him about never even going out to get the mail out of the mailbox. Yeah, yeah. and now <laughs> he's going out every house, night. Period. And I almost we never, never see go out. you out, dude. Yeah, right. Almost never. never. Right. Well, family <laughs> now. Mark's married and he's got his family and he stays home and he's got a good life now for uh, for what he's looking for and, and and that's working for him. But my point being that now instead of a, a handful of folks, there are dozens of people here. But that's all. Just dozens. Even with just a few dozen people in, in this area, like you're saying, you drop the hat, people show up at court. Six to ten to twelve to fifteen people will show up at a, at a court trial in re- with relatively short notice at 8.30 in the morning or whatever absurd mm-hmm. time uh, they decide to have the, the, the hearing. So the, the response level that you get from just uh, literally a few dozen activists is incredible. The social community here is, uh, is amazing and people mix well together. It's not just the people of the same age range. There's people of a wide age range that all have the same liberty belief system in common and they mix well together uh, and as i mentioned families etc it just keeps getting better it's 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 almost unfathomable to uh, to think about what it's going to be like in five more years after you know a oh, few yeah. hundred people make the move yeah when i first started coming up a year and a half ago i would go to social sundays and there would be 12 to maybe 18 people and that was a good turnout mm-hmm. now that's like the the worst social sundays on a holiday weekend when everybody's out of town or doing other things mm-hmm. the 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 amount of people showing up to the activism has just exploded I, i've really seen it take off and more locals are getting involved. Too yeah, now. that's We're the other thing. Too. I like the we've talked. We've been talking about the movie Pleasantville. It's something that I gave to one of the city councilors here and said, "Watch this film." And and of course, she saw no parallels whatsoever <laughs> to what's happening here in Keene. But I liken the, uh, the the central square down there to the the lake. So the the movie Pleasantville for those people who don't know, please see it. These Please. folks get sucked into a black and white TV perfect world called Pleasantville where everything's perfect. Yeah, and like they, the old 50s sitcoms would have you believe. Yeah, and they bring all their new and crazy ideas in there about, you know, free thought and, and doing dancing. what you love and dancing and Color. reading books. <laughs> oh, the, the, yeah. the library books were all blank. So Right, and they would teach the kids that nothing was outside of Pleasantville. So right. like, what's well, out there? Well, no, nothing, oh, you don't, don't know, worry you don't about, need to that, know about that, kids. Yeah. And so... You know, as these people start experiencing life and really sort of open up and, and create change within themselves, that would be reflected through their outer selves. We're supposed to talk about that this hour. We need to come back on that By discussion. Changing into color. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Let's talk more about that here in a moment. Also, your calls, 800-259-9231, Pleasantville. If you haven't seen it, that's it's one of my favorites. Mine, too. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves here, 800-259-9231. Have you seen it, Mark, Pleasantville? No. Oh, you're going to have to borrow it. Yeah. I've got it on DVD. All right. We're coming up here. You can take Control. This is Free Talk Live. Mm-hmm. 
On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are for free. You can enjoy those, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, don't worry. We've got them for you. Uh, The front page of the site reveals the last week's worth, and if you click into the archives page, you can go all the way back to 2006. It's all free at freetalklive.com and the Free Talk Live archives now brought to you by hostgator.com. So 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're talking about Pleasantville, and it's good that we brought this up because I totally spaced out, uh, uh, Sam. We were supposed to discuss this idea of changing Changing oneself, uh, changing the inside, and then uh, watching that uh, manifest into uh, reality. It's kind of this whole discussion of evolving versus revolving, uh, the revolution versus the evolution. That's why uh, we've titled uh, freekeen.com peaceful evolution that's kind of the sub uh the the tag if you will for for free keen because i think the idea of evolving is far more important than to uh, to revolve and this is important pleasantville we just gave mark the dvd here uh, during the break he's going to take it home watch it with laura it's a great movie it's something that the whole family can enjoy uh, it's not one of those guy films at all it's one of those eye-opening uh really brilliant uh, just uh, thought-provoking, fantastic films. I can't I, rave enough about it. I found it because Fiona Apple did a, a song specifically for it, the uh, Across the Universe, which mm-hmm. is, she's one of my favorite artists. And uh, I was looking through here, the, I had actually wrote, I, I bought several copies of this movie before I moved up here and sent them to some of the, Fred and, and Cynthia, some of the local politicians up here, and invited them to uh, read it and and or to watch it. Cynthia wrote back the city councilor that we talked to on Talkback all the mm-hmm. time and said, "I just I don't see any any what this has to do with with Keen." <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> so I wrote a uh, rather lengthy response, and it's on Free Keen. If you search a story about change, a story about change, or just Pleasantville, that will bring it up. Mm-hmm. And I go through a lot of you know just probably eight or six or eight pages of uh, details on this, but. The idea, this is the comparison that I'm kind of starting to see happen right here in Keene is, you know, as these people started changing within and discovering themselves, discovering who they are, discovering what they were all about, the stand that they wanted to take in the world, the way that they wanted to live their life, uh, they the, the change showed up on the outside of them by them they changing turned color. color. Yeah, whereas everything else in the whole world was black and white, and that's all people had ever known. And that was so comfortable because Ian life was great in Pleasantville. The basketball team, all of them could shoot baskets and everyone right. would go in all in a row. <laughs> and then when these when these damn colored showed up, you know, everything just went to hell in a handbasket and they couldn't the, the basketball team lost. It never happened. Oh, God, what do we do? Uh, you know, people are doing all these crazy things out around town and we, we just don't know how to handle it. So, uh, 
you know, a couple things have happened here that sort of just uh, I'm laughing at. Uh, one, the the colored the people that had changed colors and were reading books and and so forth because Bud would tell the story and it would appear in the library books. Sorry, Mark, I'm spoiling this for you. But uh, they would go out to this little area, this little lake thing. Uh, there's a little grassy area. There's a little gazebo there. And the kids <laughs> would all sit out at the gazebo, kick back, yeah, relax, man. and enjoy uh, you know, living Each free company. and reading sure. the, the banned books. The, the books were eventually banned and so forth. Well, <laughs> that's Central Listening Square. music, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's Central Square. I mean, we are... Keens Central Square. Keens Central Square. Yeah. The Where same we do the show. thing is happening there. And uh, the other thing that happened is the first people to change, first it was Bud and, uh, and his sister that had right. got sucked into the, uh, from the real world into this TV fiction land, and they were kind of persecuted a little bit at first. And then some other locals started joining them. They started changing colors, and the other locals, the black and whites, still just really did not like that, and they started lashing out, lashing out, getting yep. angry. Go home, you know. We don't want the. We don't want your kind here. We don't like this, and you're different. No and, colors allowed. Yeah, all yep. these things. So that's happening today, right here in Keene. It really is. The the people are seeing that. Uh oh, things are changing. We can't get away with our old propaganda and just tell people, oh, government's great, and they they just mindlessly, okay, yeah, government's great. Um, and one of the biggest challenges is uh, is from with the uh, on the inside in the movie Pleasantville. Uh, it's about a brother and sister. As you mentioned, they, they go into the television set and they go into this mm-hmm. idyllic world. And it's uh, it's Bud, the brother, who's really the Pleasantville obsessive. He's sitting there watching this Pleasantville marathon. His sister hates the show. Right. But they both end up getting sucked in. And so she becomes the uh, the troublemaker in uh, in Pleasantville, if you will. She's the one who kind of sparks the change. She's uh, kind that, of a tramp. Yeah, you know, that takes over the that takes over the town. Uh, and Bud is res- resistant to this. Uh, Bud sees this happening, and he says, "No, no, you, no, you can't do this. To, to, don't right, do it. This is Pleasantville. <laughs> you can't do this to Pleasantville. You know this kind of attitude." And what do we see from within our movement? The very same attitude from these people that yes. are seeing what's happening here in Keene with the civil disobedience and non-cooperation and sort of the outside the system stuff that's going on. No, you're poisoning the well. You can't have this. This is we're a respectable movement. We need to beg the politicians and run for office and do all these things and that's fine the andrew carroll one of the activists here is running for office uh so those things are happening it's just they take a long time but isn't that that's another parallel isn't yeah it? Well, and then, you know, one thing that I would uh, would interject on that is oftentimes what you'll sort of get from people who, uh, uh, you know, uh, support the governmental system either here or, you know, honestly anywhere, but the things are actually happening here in Keene and I get to see it on a regular basis, is they'll sort of say things like, well, look, the system works as long as you do what the rules are. You know, the system's so bad that you actually have to, you have to prop it up. It's like an old uh, dying animal that you have to drag along with you, this dinosaur, you know, heaving and coughing and, and, and spitting up uh, phlegm. You've, you've got to help it along. The system can't handle, for instance, people refusing to pay parking tickets and, no, saying, and saying, no, no, I'll take that to court. I mean, they, they, just, they just can't handle it. They just have to, they they try have to, to reject pr- it out of hand, yeah. and then they'll try to, to shame you, and you didn't pay your parking ticket you should have the system can't handle you doing that you naughty 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 it's so weird um that i mean it's that bad the system's this bad that it simply can't function and then people support it still 
Yeah, so when the uh, when the town folk had finally just had enough of these coloreds, they decided to have themselves a town meeting where Big Bob, mm-hmm. the head of the town, the mayor. Yep. yeah, the mayor of the town, got up there and they posted their uh, rules of ethics. Uh, you know, they the or whatever it was, like ten things you can't do: no reading banned right. books, no painting colored pictures. And one of the guys found out, discovered that his change was he was an artist and he did a nude uh, painting. Oh man, <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. It was the side of the uh, the side of he the did building? It, yeah, on the, uh, the window. window of the lady inside. So yep. then the guys came and threw a rock wow. through it. Okay, now it's get incredible. this: what are they doing Thursday night? They're having a meeting at the city council uh, to to talk about what to do about all these activists out there with their megaphones. Are they really? Yeah, they're are trying you to. Go? Yeah, they're talking people up. I'm go gonna. I'm planning the uh, keen. Uh, City Council drinking game. Oh, good. I'm glad you're moving forward with that. I'm, so. I'm glad somebody is taking some action with the uh, the City Council folks because they always talk about how we're supposed to get involved in the system, and then when we actually do, they get upset they, about yeah, it. Or, or that'll never happen but when very you make interesting, suggestions. Another interesting observation here. You're pointing out that there's this uh, scene in Pleasantville where the angry town uh, town people are upset because of this, this color painting of a woman with her breasts showing, uh, mm-hmm. basically, a full nude painting. And uh, and what do we have here in Keene? Controversy about someone going topless uh, yeah. in, in the park. It's all very, very similar. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, the, the story is really about the process that people go through when they bring, a, bring new ideas into, change. Uh, into an environment. It's really yeah. about change. And, and people's uh, reluctance to, uh, to embrace to it and their it. resistance to it. Yeah, you had the, the, uh, the, the guy's wife. Um, he was really, you know, buddy-buddy with the mayor, played bowl, you know, would go bowling with him and so forth. And when she changed colors after masturbating in the bathroom, uh, yep. <laughs> she, she used makeup. Is that why it's she, PG-13? She, I, it might be, yeah. yeah. But she powdered her face to turn herself gray so that she wouldn't look like any. She wouldn't look any different to yep. her husband. She Funny. was ashamed at what had happened to herself. There's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. And, of course, she's older than the young oh, yeah, people, yeah. so it was harder for her to handle that. Uh, more coming up here. Fantastic film, Pleasantville. Rent it. Put it on your Netflix. Uh, go see it if you haven't yet. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. You take control. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support Free Talk Live, you may do so. And one of the ways you can do that is by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. Makes a big difference for us because we can reinvest your three bucks a month into the show and get on more radio stations around the country. Keeping our fingers crossed here to hopefully announce a new six night a week affiliate. I uh, don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to jinx it because it's already take. It's already gone longer than it should have, and that's why I always wait until the the station has started us before I announce them. So we've got the signed agreement. It's just a matter of time now, and it'll be a good name. It'll be a good uh, a good city to announce when it happens. But it's all thanks to you. It's thanks to listeners like you contributing three bucks a month. You get perks too, like access to the amp only call in lines, uh, the amp only forum, and more. Go get the details and get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options at amp.freetalklive.com. 
com. Yep, and the uh, the cam at cam.freetalklive is brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. They're 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers. And up to 99% off of list price. Go check it out at memorydealers.com. All right, so uh, here we are in the remaining segment of the program. Certainly enough time for your calls. Let's go to them. Ken is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ken. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? What's, what's on your mind, Ken? Uh, I had a question about kind of using alternative currencies in, sure. light, of Gresham, in light of Gresham's law. All right. Which is that bad money will drive good money out of the market. So yeah. what reason is there for me to use a silver currency like... Uh, say the liberty dollar offered it's an excellent question i have that uh, issue myself uh basically the, the what you're suggesting is gresham's law says that uh basically if you've got two money uh, two types of money to choose from with which uh, you can spend uh you'll choose the stuff that's worthless because why the heck would you want to hang on to that you'd want you'd want to yeah. hang on to the stuff that's worth something like silver uh, uh that kind of thing and i i have that myself like if i can choose between cash and silver i'm going to choose to pay cash simply because i'd rather hold on to the silver it holds value but if somebody gives you an incentive by say giving you a better price for silver then you've got reason to use the silver unless you're just doing it for the purposes of uh of using silver but i don't know if that holds up because you know just like you want to get rid of it so does everybody else more than likely so you're not going to find the same market for you would th- that you would if if you were trying to pawn off silver, which people might find much more desirable than some fiat currency. I don't understand. Um, well, you were looking at the the perspective of from me. If I have the if I have silver and I have FRNs, let's say, mm-hmm. chances yeah. are I want to get rid of the FRNs and keep the silver. That's what I feel like. Okay, but if you know other people, they're going to want silver more than they're going to want FRNs. Today they, I see what you're they saying, don't Tim. know the difference, and the FRNs are backed up by this huge monopoly organization that's given it all kinds of credibility that it really doesn't deserve because it's absolutely worthless. When I used the Liberty Dollar, um, you know, back when it was actually <laughs> around, I was using it on a regular regular basis, and I'd use the silver twenty and the silver ten. I, I remember the one ounce was a ten dollar, wasn't it at one point? Yeah, yep. when we started up. Yeah. Um, so I would use it, and what I found almost inevitably was that the cashier would take it out of the cash register, um, replace it with a $10 bill, and keep it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So you you could you could get them into, you know, you could use them as an educational tool, and, and that was the, the way to sort of use Gresham's Law to your advantage. Right, but right now we're talking about uh, silver in general, not just the Liberty Dollar. Silver as a one-ounce piece, I mean, that tends to be what is traded up here amongst the activists. Silver is a fairly popular mm-hmm. way for the activists to trade with one another, uh, and but however, when I'm given the opportunity to t- okay, well here's here's an example. Uh, Michelle Seven offered to do some cleaning here at the uh, LRN.FM studios, and she was willing to do it for I think I forget what the cash amount was or one ounce of silver, and I perceived the ounce of silver as being the better deal. So I went ahead and, and did the uh, did the ounce of silver. So I guess it just depends on the incentives of the buyer and the seller in in various different cases. But I think Sam's right. As more people start to understand what uh, value-backed currency is all about, they may be desire, more desirable of receiving it. Yeah, I think education has a lot to do with it. Does that answer your question, Ken? Uh, yeah, it did sort of. I also had a kind of tangent I wanted to go off on that. Sure. Um, it, would there be – I've heard of, like, 
uh, electronic gold transactions, would there be a way to kind of bring that more into, uh, like, more popular economies rather than just personal if, transactions? If you can avoid getting raided by the feds, uh, yes. E-gold uh, ended up having in some big problems with the federal government. Of course, PayPal was originally started by a libertarian for the purpose of getting around governments, and they ended up getting to them. Uh, so the, the the larger you become, the more effective you become, the uh, the bigger target you're going to become. Somebody will find some decentralized solution relatively soon. I mean, the world is is clamoring for this. Um, I, you know, there was there was one last year. I think it was called the Gold Card or something like that that attempted to get its head above water. It didn't quite make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I was I was really rooting for them. Oh, yeah, I thought they had a good cool. idea. Um, they were going to be offshore as well. Right, so. and and so it's going to you know there's there's a lot of I, that's coming. I don't know when. And I don't know how, but I, I can assure you it's coming. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to come before the federal government crashes and burns, though. I, I you're probably just, you're not. just hoping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't know if it will, Mark, because they target that stuff. They really don't like it. That's why Bernard von Nothaus uh, recently went to jail for a short period of time. I saw in his most recent update from the, the man who's behind the Liberty Dollar. They targeted him. They took out his entire operation. They stole all of his precious metals, and uh, and he and he he and his associates are facing some uh, some jail time. And one of them has been in jail ever since he was arrested a couple of years ago. They they really prey on people's ignorance. I mean, they teach them this garbage in the government indoctrination centers. They they call schools and they they 10 years ago people didn't know that the federal reserve was a private uh, organization made up of these big uh, multinational banks so today i think it's like 95 percent of the people know and understand that so really 95 percent i yeah i'm quote, i'm quoting alex jones numbers though so <laughs> <laughs> well, that, could, that could not be reality folks <laughs> it could not be right but it's i mean it's a there's a mass awakening to the federal reserve to the fiat certainly money the system. information is is getting out there now thanks to the internet yeah and people are starting to question this and so yeah the federal government i think is very scared because they they just they won't compete they, they can't they can't ken thanks for the call appreciate it brett is on the line in texas brett you're on free talk live with the insane Sam and Mark. Hi. Hey, Brett. Hi. What's on uh, your mind tonight? Well, uh, Gresham's Law, just a uh, clarification on it. Okay. Sure. Well, uh, what is is it's uh, overvalued currencies drives out undervalued currencies. So, uh, say by government fiat, uh, silver has to be traded at $50 an ounce or $5 an ounce, whatever, but the market's $100 an ounce. Then silver is undervalued, so everyone's going to hold on to it because... Uh, it's uh, worth a hundred. Yeah. So, uh, any silver currency or Liberty dollar or whatever, as long as it's, uh, being valued at what it is at market price, it won't be driven out. It's, uh, you understand? Yeah. So right now, the silver's at, uh, you know, I haven't looked lately, but $20 an ounce, let's say. eighteen fifty, And gold is uh, eleven fifty or, or somewhere in there. I think a lot of people realize that that uh, the banks have been in there manipulating the markets, suppressing gold and silver prices, and expect those to rise. So people are much less they're holding on to their silver reluctant right now. Yeah. to trade it. Yeah, because I, I am, know that silver. That's how I feel. I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah. I'm not positive, 
But I think that the uh, government and the the big banks have been in there screwing with silver and gold, and I think that these things are going to go up in the future once they're not able to screw with it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've been holding on to it. I haven't been trading as yeah, much. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I have a lot of silver that I bought at, uh, I think, $11 an ounce or something, and I could make a great profit by selling it. But, but then you that's don't ridiculous hold your value anymore. Because right. I know that that silver in a few years will be worth 50 maybe 200 maybe in the extreme, maybe $400 an ounce. So... Every ounce of silver that I give someone and get twenty five dollars for it today, I'm really shooting myself in the foot mm-hmm. when it when the you know the s hits the fan and all of this manipulation comes out and all of these derivatives that have been created the trillions and trillions of dollars of derivatives around all of these commodities uh, when that comes crashing down and we start to see the true value the true market price of gold and silver today i I think I'm going to lose out big on all these uh, ounces of silver that I'm trading today. Yes. Well, the thing is also, uh, I believe by um, law, uh, gold currencies can only trade at like $40 an ounce or something, uh, when at least what we understand, it's like 11 something, uh, $11,000 something an ounce. So obviously, as far as currencies 1100 go, yeah. Yeah. As far as currencies go, uh, gold is way undervalued as far as being able to be used for the currency legally. Thanks for the info tonight, Brett. Appreciate hearing from you. We are fresh out of time. It has been Ian with you. And Sam, I am. And Mark. Don't forget to visit Sam over at ObscuredTruth.com and visit us at FreeTalkLive.com. We'll be here tomorrow night, same time, same place. Uh, And again, online, FreeTalkLive.com. Don't forget, go see Pleasantville. See you later. Hey everybody, Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. FreedomCam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. FreedomCam.net.